One of the greatest areas of misunderstanding in any person's life can be pinpointed to what they know and what they don't know. And it's simple because we understand what we know and tend to not understand the things we don't know. Now, people often have a lack of knowledge about spiritual warfare, particularly about the root cause of the warfare we experience on day-to-day -day basis as Christians. Most of us just see the issues, the problems, and circumstances we face as just being life. We've all heard the cliches people use, well, that's just the way it is, or life is like a box of chocolates, or even perhaps when it rains, it pours. But the everyday battles we face take on new meanings when we have a better understanding of spiritual warfare. The Bible teaches in 2 Peter 3 verse 9 that the Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some count slackness, but is long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. The word also teaches the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. The contrast between the two is a case of good versus evil. One offers light, one offers darkness. One offers life, one offers destruction. And it's an ongoing battlefront that rages in the heart of every person. Someone once said, you are a prime target for attack precisely because you are on the other side. So when we stand on the side of God, we can expect opposition from the enemy. The devil will devise an offensive assault with every opportunity he gets, and he will mount a strike from every side. When you look throughout the Bible, the devil is indeed the prince of darkness and evil. But consider this, although he is behind the scenes, who does he use? Yes, there are principalities and rulers of darkness that we fight against, but really think. Who does the devil often use to attack the work of God or men and women of God? He uses people. Jezebel was a person. Saul was a person. Judas was a person. Delilah was a person. Herod was a person. Do you see the pattern? It wasn't this dark, demonic creature walking around, but it was people, men and women. Perhaps this is the easiest way for the enemy to attack us because, well, if he tried to attack any of us with his true form, we would cast him down with speed and boldness. So he does it subtly through other people. The prayer of Jesus as he came out of the Garden of Gethsemane was that God's people would be united as one so that the world would recognize him as the savior of the world. But Satan's ploy, of course, is to divide and conquer. If the enemy can interrupt God's plan for unity in the body of Christ, then he believes he can claim victory. And what better way for him to try than for him to use people against one another? Some people can be used of the devil without being possessed, as we might expect. They can be influenced or deceived by the enemy, who will then use those people for his bidding. This trick of the enemy goes all the way back to the beginning of time when Cain killed his brother Abel in Genesis chapter 4. And there are more examples of just how badly some people can affect others. 
King David also struggled with the idea of fully trusting peoples or someone close to him as he wrote, even my close friend in whom I trusted, who ate my bread, has lifted his heel against me in Psalms 41 verse 9. The devil tried countless times to try and stop the Apostle Paul from reaching his destiny through people he knew. He wrote in 2 Timothy 4 verse 14, Alexander the coppersmith did me great harm. Paul also disclosed a sharp disagreement that arose between him and Barnabas on their second missionary journey if you read Acts 15 verse 36 to 41. And it doesn't end there. If you read Galatians 2 verse 11 to 19, Paul even had a sharp encounter with Peter, which caused tension within the church itself. So where am I going with this? Well, as a believer, we must understand that the enemy will try to pit people against each other to try and stop the progress of the kingdom. But this is not the only way he will attack. The devil is a master deceiver. In fact, scripture teaches us that the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord God had made. The Bible also tells us that Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. And we know by the word that he was so confident in himself that he believed he could deceive Jesus Christ himself. Three times in the wilderness, the devil tried to manipulate the word of God and to use it to make Jesus sin against his father. However, Jesus used the scriptures to defend himself against the tricks of the devil. The word declares that we are not to be ignorant to the devices of the enemy because we know that he was a liar from the beginning and that he is the father of lies. It was the deception of the devil that caused Eve to eat of the fruit of the tree of knowledge in the Garden of Eden. And if we're not paying close attention, the enemy will also deceive us into sinning against God. But if his deceitfulness fails, he will come at us in another direction. God said to be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that we can know the good and perfect will of God according to Romans 12 verse 2. And the enemy will stop at nothing to attack the mind and try to cause us to falter. He wants to bring in confusion so that we can give into the lust of our own flesh. Condemnation is an effective weapon of the enemy to try and destroy the mind of the believer. When we feel like all we do is fail, it becomes more and more easy for us to give into temptation because that is what we believe we do anyways. But God said, he that is in me is greater than he that is in the world. The mind of Christ that resides in us is stronger than the temptation that the enemy brings to try and destroy our conscious minds. Now when all else fails, the devil will try to use circumstances to try and get us off track. In the parable of the soul, the seeds that fell among thorns were the ones that hear the word. But the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word and it proves unfruitful. If the enemy can get us to pay more attention to the issues of life instead of paying attention to the one who can solve the issues, then we are effectively surrendering to the world. We're focusing on the sickness instead of the healer. 
We're focusing on the addiction instead of the deliverer. We're focusing on the lack instead of the provider. And that's precisely what the devil wants. It is no secret that as a child of God, you are a prime target for attack precisely because you are on the side of good. But just because the enemy attacks doesn't mean that you have to give in. Just because the enemy attacks doesn't mean that you have to fall for his deception. Just because the enemy attacks doesn't mean that you have to lose your mind. And just because the enemy attacks, that doesn't mean that you have to live under the circumstances. When the enemy attacks, lift up your eyes to the hills and proclaim my help comes from the Lord. And God will cause you to live above the battle with him in victory. When the enemy attacks, declare the word of God. No weapon forged against me will prevail. Declare his word. A thousand will fall at my side and 10,000 at my right hand, but nothing shall touch me. When the enemy attacks, speak the blood of Jesus Christ to be your defense. Trust in the Lord. He will be like a shield around you. He will protect you and deliver you. The Bible gives us many reasons not to be afraid of this thief that comes only for destruction because as long as we have God on our side, in our hearts, and in our corner, then he will be faithful to keep us.